0: Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, with the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain, and an athlete, and a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings you think what you want about me I'm not changing I like I like me
1: my wife likes me my customers like me because I'm the real
0: article what you see is what you get everybody we are back show uh held down the fort for a couple weeks um it was great to listen to him and as a as a fan too i just i appreciate the show and everything but we're back uh what is it october 20 october 20th 23rd wow october 23rd is a saturday we're recording we're in full swing in, in fall um you know, it's always fun um, the end of October with, like, baseball and everything. And, you know, the, now we don't – you know, the Yankees ain't there. But, you know, we, we see – I was listening to a uh, show talk about, like, you know, watching the uh, Red Sox and Astros and stuff. And that's continuing. And, um, you know, I, I pay attention to it a little bit. And then I'm like, eh, too much. Um, but we had the Knicks last night. You know uh sure you watch the next uh with uh, the magic right yeah and i was thinking about like the magic you know you know like when you're like just like because it was a, kind of a blowout whatever for a while so i was like the magic and i'm like when did the magic come out so i went on google and i'm like was magic really that popular in the 80s that they made a team based off because of like dra- uh, you know the raptors were based on like jurassic park <laughs> so i'm like magic I guess it was popular in the eighties. They they really liked uh, magic in the eighties. I mean, um, or like Orlando
1: is famous for having Disney World and the Magic Kingdom, so
0: that's why. Oh I, wow! Why wow. the Magic? You, you just schooled me. There you go. All right, I had a whole bit on that, but okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back with you, uh, hanging out. Uh, I had technical difficulties for like a week I had no internet here I was on my phone all week I had a, you know and then my my uh, regular day job shut down for like a week opening up uh, tomorrow um, so I, I had an opportunity to work in where I used to work remember hey show you remember me as angry white man number three at the, the HBO sh- uh, show show me era so mm-hmm. I started doing the extras again and it was like wow, it was like seven hundred, it was like eight hundred bucks for like three days. Then uh, I did the math. And I was like, you know what? Actually, it's like a lot of that's like too crazy. And um, but I, for me to do it, I had to uh, get a fully vaccinated, of course, like I am. Um, I had to do the COVID test. And it was like, it was like kind of the first time I did the, the one with the nose thing, cause there's another one they do, but I did, I did the thing with the nose. And like, you know, it was in a, a TV a TV production company. You know, it was cool to go down downtown. It was the first time I saw the Freedom Tower in person. It was right next door to it. Uh, and I'm, I'm there, go up there. They have their whole nurse practitioner and everything, they have everything. And it's all legit um you know they would pay you you know and everything like that and um it was so easy it was like you know one two three tested it out two hours later i got a text three hours later i got a text and said uh negative so that's good so i was anxious about i thought i was sick because i was sick for like a month like really bad um but it's something else i guess but um yeah but then i I was going to do a uh, tv show um but my other job came back up, so I worked. And you, prior, again, priorities. Priorities is a big issue with me, obviously. Um, but uh, it was fun. It, it, it was um, a good chance to see how everything works with um, how they're handling the media, because we talk about like uh, movies all the time and stuff. And you know, so I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna continue to do it. Just like uh, one-offs, uh, but it's interesting to see how so many people—they're—they're they're needing so many people for like just like background work. That because no one's like vaccinated, it's crazy. Uh, Shug, I talked a lot. How are you doing? I'm good. I appreciated all the uh, the once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, everything, man. It was like that was. I think that was like our our uh, high road. That was like. A beautiful moment uh and i appreciate everything you did with that um but yeah but besides that anything else going on with you no just working on the show putting out stuff
1: how um a lot of stuff scheduled in the future with the show so people just keep watching the youtube channel keep you know looking out for the podcast every week on Mondays and you know check out check us out on Instagram and Twitter
0: at Mooney. I think the everyone should check out our we're gonna do reels uh, you know a lot we're gonna do a bunch of reels Um, that seems to be the most because like when you look at photos like they have like reels and it's like it plays automatically so a lot of people see it and I don't know I think we're doing a good job with that Um, but yeah you know that's all good um it's funny because it's like what so it's like late october and a year ago um it was a three-man team and we were doing this uh, then we did an episode about thanksgiving movies um and people don't people talk about christmas movies they talk about halloween movies they don't talk about thanksgiving movies And I did a whole thing, and like, Shug, you were just like staring at me the whole time. I was like, this is not good. This is obviously bad. So I was like, all right, all right. But most of the movies, like half of the movies were John Hughes movies. And John Hughes, uh, excellent, not even, triple threat. A writer, director, uh, producer, um, novelist, too. And then magazine writer, too, with uh, National Lampoon. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna appreciate him and it's it's very personal to me also because uh i have many many moments where his movies are connected to like things that happened in my life and i was i was in central park when he when, when he had a heart attack i was at i was at hunter college uh going to school and i was sitting there i was doing a summer class and i was just sitting there in the um Thing and then I look at my phone. This is like Twitter was like Twitter is 2009, so it was the same year that he died. And it said, uh, John Hughes dead, and I was like, What? And I was sitting there, I was just thinking about it. I was like, Wow, man, it's crazy! So, uh, we're gonna take the opportunity to appreciate him. I have for for the visual aids, I have um, many, many movies that I'm gonna talk about. But I have the actual copies of the movies and stuff just you know a nice little background. but reflecting in the, uh, in the last week about uh, the movies, it had a lot, it has a big deal to do with uh, my connection to family members too, because I was always nostalgic and they were older. I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest one in the family. So uh, they were big oh yeah, I remember breakfast Club. Yeah, I was like 10 and I was like, oh really? tell me about it and um like my sister everything. um but yeah but uh sure your memories of um uh, john hughes we can uh, jump into that or we can uh anything any, any final thoughts on the uh, intro
1: no we, we could talk about john hughes i mean if anybody's like you know if you're familiar with our youtube channel and you're familiar with our show we've done you know, retrospectives and appreciation. So this will be, I think, like the third or fourth one we did. I know we do our like RIPs, but, you yeah. know, we, we did one for Pauly Shore. We did one for Richard Donner, which was an RIP one, but was mm-hmm. you know all in all like an appreciation of Richard Donner because we went through his whole, whole career and talked about movies people might have not known that he did. And John Hughes, he's the type of person, you know, throughout the 80s, 90s, and the earlier part of the 2000s, like, he had his hands in a lot of things that people didn't probably even, didn't even know that, like, he, he worked on. So, you know, we'll, we'll fill, on, fill those in, um, you know,
0: in a little bit. Yeah, but also, um, don't forget, you proved your point. He was in the '70s too with National Lampoons. Yeah. So you know, it was like that whole they, they honestly like like SNL, Simpsons, and all that stuff. And he's part of that whole. You know, I would say like you know, he made his money, and he was like, you know what, I'm out. And he was like, oh, whatever. And then everything else was like his name, but yeah. we'll talk about it though. It'd be great.
1: Yeah, I actually learned you Know one of the contributing factors to him starting to phase out of doing films, and uh, we'll, we'll discuss that too.
0: Awesome! So, um, hey, here we are, Shugan, me Shug the Mooney back here. We are, yeah. All right, Shug. So, we're talking about John Hughes. I will put the label of auteur on him because he had a long stretch, he had a nice little decade. Of uh, rock and rolling, and um, a lot of classic, a lot of classic films and everything. And but it began earlier too. With uh, there's there's a culture in like, Harvard. You know, say what you will about like you know you know people in the like, Harvard and everything. You have Conan O'Brien. You have uh, a bunch of guys at National Lampoon. We have, uh, you know, Animal House. Animal House is like kind of being, no one really talks about it anymore that much. But we had John Hughes, who was a writer in the magazine that would come out periodically mm-hmm. for, you know, those writers. You know, there's a documentary that came out. If people want to check that out, it's probably on YouTube or it's on Hulu. Um, yeah, but it was like, you know, like, oh, like wild men, you know, and, you know, white crazy white guys, you know, being all nutty and shit like that. Uh, But John Hughes, though, you have these movies that came out during the 80s that me and Cho grew up on in the 90s on TV, on VHS. I have my whole collection right here. I have a very personal issue, a personal story with it. Um, So like in 94, I was like i was like six whatever and my uh sister is way older than me and she bought me breakfast club on vhs this is the actual copy she bought it she's like you know like 17 years older than me she bought me that and she's like oh yeah i remember the movie it was great you know like but i'm like wow this is like this is meaningful so um i know that movie by heart i love breakfast club um but yeah, but it's like if you go like movie by movie, you'll be like, oh, he's a writer. Oh, he's a director. Oh, he's a producer. Oh, he's this. So um there's so many movies. Well, he started off
1: with vacation, and that one was based off a, a story I wrote um in National Lampoons, which was Vacation 58. Mm-hmm. And I'm not familiar with the story, but it's something we all could relate to, you know, road trips and family trips. And I think, you know, him and Harold Ramis, they just got together and just, you know, added a lot of, you know, whimsical things. I think that's the beauty of basically all his movies. Like, they're not um too, you know, fantastical Um Basically things that people could relate to. And it's just, you know, he adds in, you know, a lot of humor with a, a little bit of exaggeration. And, you know, it was, that's really like the hallmark of, of his films. You know, a lot of his movies, serious in tone. Some of his movies, very comedic in tone.
0: Like he, he had a lot of range in, in that regard. And I want to bring this up because I, I mentioned the whole VHS thing. I felt like I was rambling on. So I I have VHS. I have Home Alone. I actually saw Home Alone, the end of it. I was like a year old. And my, my cousin, who lived with us for a while, he brought me in there. And I'm like a year old. And he's like, oh, we're watching. I have a fucking memory of this. Like, it's bizarre. I don't know that old. Like, think about it. 1990, late 1990. Maybe. I don't know. But it, he was like... Um, he was like a guy who, like, you know, he was like my cousin who like lived with us and stuff. So I thought he was like my brother. So I was like, oh, my brother. And uh, I saw the end of Home Alone, which is a John Hughes, you know, like production or, you know, like the, from his mind or whatever. And then we watched Ever Scissor Hands afterwards. And this is like in Bay Plaza in the Bronx. And it's a memory of mine. So John Hughes always held um just go i don't know i just always liked i always appreciated him and everything um yeah but i could do the whole show and everything and mr mom like something about mr mom too like where when i wouldn't i wouldn't go to school or i, I wouldn't go to work whatever and i would watch mr mom and i would just watch it michael keaton you know everything i love i always appreciated him um but then that's only like three titles. This gentleman, like we did, which is going to debut today. finally, the Chicago Our, our Chicago trip. He um, was always Chicago centric. Is it, it just something um, it just, just, just John Hughes, like the whole thing was like, I, you know, there's a, th- there's a thing with him or um, people say it's like coming of age um i don't know if you can like watch these movies now like can you show this movie to someone and be like oh yeah this is a wholesome movie no they're they're very edgy you know what do you think like, like weird science is like you know it's like frankenstein obviously but also very. that's a very you can't show that movie anymore it's very edgy like owning a woman that's bizarre you can't do that anymore well
1: all all the stuff um it's basically he he kinda built like the foundation for movies of different um for different sets of people. Like obviously he started off with more of like the teen um the teen movies and then later on in his career he moved towards more, you know, adult themes and kids movies so he kind of moved to the opposite ends of the spectrum with you know children's movies movies about people who are adults and you know have careers and that type of stuff when he mainly started off in teens but you know you brought up like home alone and this is one of the things with john Hughes i was really like impressed with like a lot of his movies just came off of like simple ideas like when i talk about vacation you know he wrote Um, the first few of those, I believe, you know. Oh yeah, no vacation, European vacation, Christmas vacation.
0: Yeah, he might have been
1: Vegas vacation. No, 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 no.
0: Uh, No, no Vegas, but uh, the Christmas one is like one of my favorite movies of all time. So he did the first three. Yeah, unbelievable.
1: You know, he just took the idea of just like a family vacation and all of the the wackiness that comes with it. Genius. And, you know, Home Alone, that was one of his productions. And one of the the, the thing that created the idea from that was Uncle Buck, the scene when Uncle Buck shows up, John Candy shows up to the front door and Macaulay Culkin is looking through the mail hole and sees him. and He's like terrified and not literally created like a whole movie on his own and created like a whole franchise just off that one scene and he's one of those people um where he would literally go lock himself in a room somewhere and like within like a week or two have like a full fleshed out script like 200 pages and then he'd whittle it down like he's like one of those type of minds and you know those type of people always like fascinate me you know another movie that I created off ideas like People that like he, people liked. He wanted Pretty and Pink to end up a different way. Like Molly Ringwald's character was supposed to end up with um, my man from that's half man. He was supposed to. She was supposed to end up with Ducky, and the test audience didn't like that. So then they um, she ended up um with the guy from Weekend at Bernie's.
0: Macar- uh, yeah,
1: McCarthy. yeah, McCarthy, and yeah. the fact that the test audience didn't like, you know, Molly Ringwald's character ending up with, you know, her nerdy friend. He decided to take that same idea, turn it into a whole another movie, and I became some kind of wonderful where, you know, the the main guy wants like the 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 um popular girl, while he ha- she ha- you know he has a you know, friend that relates to him and stuff like that. And the movie ends up with him, you know, spoiler alert, if you wanted to watch any of these movies after we talk about him um, he ends up with the friend because, you know, John Hughes personally, he didn't like how Pretty and Pink ended because he felt he, he he was forced to end it a certain way when he wanted to end it another way.
0: And that's one of my favorite movies uh of his. Uh, some kind of wonderful. I like Eric Stoltz. Uh, we all love Leah Thompson. Uh, I love her too. I forgot her name though. Mary um, Stuart Masterson. yeah, she's great, like really great act- actress or actor, you know. Um, yeah, but it's funny it's like it's like the, what I wanna say right now is um, his movies were played constantly, not in a bad way. all the vacation movies um i have every single version of the vhs and dvd of christmas vacation i've you know i have everything so it's like he had this span from like for like not even 10 years just like these classic movies that we grew up on and tnt and tbs would play this i said my sister got me the breakfast club and i know it by heart i know the movie by heart um home alone at the personal thing that and it's kind of like the thing about him it's like it kind of just like ended and everyone always said i remember like before like inter- pre-internet they would they would say like uh a jingle all the way it was written by him and i was like no and they were like yeah jingle all the way it was written by him mm-hmm. so i don't know if that is that is that a real thing like i i was like mm-hmm. no i don't know i'm not know i not yeah, but they were like saying like rumors and stuff, because he he became a recluse. But again, like he, he was a very
1: often imitate, yeah.
0: he, he was often
1: imitated, but could never be duplicated type of person. So a lot of these movies, you know, the, the the fact that he made this plethora of films, like it obviously went on to
0: influence other films. Yeah, but uh all these movies though, because like it started off like from You know, college humor, like National Lampoons. And it's just like, it was from an article of John Hughes' family vacation in a station wagon years earlier. And they turned it into a franchise. And then, man, he didn't, then he kept going. And he always laid laid down what he wanted to do. He wanted, he, he wanted to do like, you know, Movies about, you know, the uh, the coming of age, you know, the coming of age thing, but I think it was always that had an edge to it. Like, Sixteen Candles, oh, man, it's just beautiful. Like, it's it's such a great freaking really? movie. The whole thing about... Uh, a lot of 80s people in it, too. John Cusack, John Cusack. Yeah, oh. we were going to... I was going to bring up John Cusack. He did the whole thing, but it's outdated now. But the whole thing, when he walked around, I was like, oh, i wasn't talking about... Him. But... Every single movie of his, I can watch it like 30 minutes into it, an hour into it, and just like finish it. You know, I don't have to like start from the beginning, you know. And I do, I do appreciate the uh, Christification theme. Um, you get what I'm saying though? Like, where, like it's just a movie where it's a comfort movie,
1: yeah, very a comforting. Well, these, these movies are, I mean, the. My my sister, like I I don't like the first. I'm not a fan of the first Home Alone movie. I prefer the second one over the first one. But my sister she loves Home Alone, so every Christmas, Thanksgiving when we get together, we have to watch it like over and over and over again. Um, but a lot of these movies I got introduced to from my mom because a lot of these movies she grew up with. So I watched Breakfast Club when I was. Really, really young Ferris Bueller. I watched, yeah, when I was really, really young, and obviously, like, uh, as I grew up, my thoughts on Ferris Bueller changed.
0: I don't like Ferris, I don't like Ferris Bueller, I hate him. I I don't don't like the character, character. you know,
1: before it was like cool, and it's one of those things where people was, you know, people say, like, oh, like, now that you're an adult, you kind of like side with like the principal. But I felt the same way when I was in high school. I was like, this is like the worst friend ever. Like, why is he like, why does he do this to his
0: friend? Like, this is a dick. Well, well, got to remember in context, me and you are Gemini's. So we uh, I think we have a very similar personality and I just don't like the character. He's a dick. I want a day off. He wants to go out (laughs) and party and stuff and do a goddamn uh, twist and shout. No, we don't want that. Cause you know why because he was worried about his girlfriend and his friend was just like i don't want, i don't want to do it and he made him he pressured him i don't like it um but that's a great you know that's another great one uh, we, we we didn't really talk about the whole like one after another like like th- they did 16 candles and then then uh, like the movie came out like a year after and it, like a, like a month later or a couple months later, they had weird science. And Anthony Michael Hall was a goddamn man. And people were like, what? They are like, wow, this this kid out of nowhere is a man. And like, he did such secession. Oh, a breakfast club, I meant. But it was such secession of movies in a row. Like, man, it's very impressive. And he just got burnt out. And there's a clip on MTV uh, or like on YouTube. You can look at it. Where he's like hanging out with like the the guys for, like, who made the music for the for the movies and stuff, and like he was so into it, man. Like I don't know, he he seemed like a really cool guy. Um, it's just ironic that like it, it all happened. Like he he passed away like uh, in front of the Home Alone Two the Plaza thing, whatever. But I remember seeing it on my phone it was the first time i had twitter it was like you know and i was like wow man oh man oh bummer because like he was like one of my inspirations to write me and sugar screenwriters we, we write mm-hmm. you know so um yeah but um there's a weird area area of his career where he did like a um, pseudonym you know about that Like the whole like pseudonym where he would like just like sell sell uh, screenplays under an alias.
1: No, wasn't wasn't a weird hot.
0: Well um it's, I mean it sucks because like hold away was the first one and then they had drill Remember Drillbit? Yeah well he's credited with dot that. that's his last oh, credited and, film oh now that oh, now yeah. they say it. Yeah, okay. yeah oh, Bit well, at, the, at the time they were like he didn't want he had he 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 was like sick of it and I'm like wow I'm like so much success in like a sh- short time yeah, it makes you wonder like, oh, man, like, wow like, he could have been Spielberg this guy could have been Spielberg, man think about that comedies up uh, up against adventure movies and stuff, or like you know, like a like, uh, Spielberg and stuff, or like, you know, up until he started doing like uh, epics, you know, Spielberg did epics and stuff, but man toe-to-toe to toe. Oh, john hughes man jesus he did a it, and then he inspired the whole kevin smith we talked about this before link for the uh kevin smith thing i don't know like it, it's it kind of like was a, a kevin smith like praises guy john hughes he did george lucas and everything um there's a reason why there's like the quick succession of like great movies um, and, and then for me personally, it's because they played it all the time. Oh, like Comedy Central played the National Lampoons, National Lampoons, the original, and then the Christmas one. And it was just like, I don't know, it was like comfort. It's like comfort food for me. That's why, uh, you know, yeah, well, I keep
1: it's, around. it's easily relatable because, as I said, a lot of these movies were. Based off of his own experiences, you know, my favorite one of my favorites, probably up there with all of his other movies, playing trains, automobiles, based on an actual travel experience that he had where he was stuck in Wichita, Kansas, and was trying to like drive back to Chicago. And he went through kind of a whole thing during a snowstorm. And I inspired that movie, which became like a great movie. It's just like, imagine you had to go through all of this. But also having a deal with you know uh, somebody a stranger who's you know an annoyance and John candy was fantastic and not um she's having a baby was like the first time like he ventured he he moved on from the teen movies into more like um you know adult oh, yeah um targeted fear. Um, I haven't really seen that movie, but I know the song. You know, this woman's work came from it, which
0: I love both versions. Kate Bond, Max no, 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 no. I, I, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna cut you off right now, man. That they, they use that song for um women who have um who have a baby and then adoption. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him, but like a lot of adoption stuff. But um, uh, that song is played at the uh, birth mothers thing in new york new york and I, I i'm i'm like i cry every fucking time thinking thinking about it like it's like whew, like it's like a, it's one of those songs that just like i can't listen i gotta leave the room
1: um mm-hmm. uh, weird science you know very relatable you know two oh, guys in high woman. school two guys in high school can't get dates or the, the girls that they want in high school they can't get so they try to create their own date. I know it's you know fantastic movie. You know, regardless of how people feel That's about it, it's just you know outside of the box. Breakfast Club, just a communion of various people. That that one's always like one of my mom's favorites. Was so you know, by inheritance, inheritance. My one of one of my favorites. Uh, sixteen candles, of course, excellent. You know, imagine if somebody forgot your birthday. Uh, you know, obviously it doesn't hold up because of some of the implications and all of that nonsense. Um mm. the, I think I tried to watch Curly Sue one time and I just I just couldn't.
0: You mm. know. I agree. Yeah, Sorry. it wasn't
1: not for me. It wasn't great. Yeah, Sorry. but Mr. Mom, like I don't, I I can't remember if that was something I was like inspired by his own life, but it was something that, you know, going into the 80s, this was a time where women started going back, started getting into the work field, and um, women weren't just expected to be homemakers. They went out and had their own careers, and it kind of showed that they had to go to work and have a career do the stuff that worked um that was necessary at work and then come home have dinner ready and take care of the kids and all that stuff so mr mom like flip that turned it upside his head where like the wife is going back to work the husband lost the job and just like the whole um the, the the whole goofiness that that comes with um, man who's grew, you know, a man who grew up in the era of like, you know, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, where men were the breadwinners now turning into the homemaker. And that's something that, you know, today in 2021, a lot of people um are still having like discussions about like gender roles. And he was like the first person to actually go out and um, you know, challenge that. I think like the only other movie besides that where it showed women in the working world um, at that time. I know um, Working Girl came out a little bit later with Melanie Griffith Mm -hmm. and Harrison Ford, but the only other movie was 9 to 5. But Mm -hmm. 9 to 5 was, like, focused... It was still kind of focused on the women, whereas Mr. Mom it focused on the, the wife going back to work and then focused on the husband dealing with, you know, being at home and taking care of the kids and taking up all of those responsibilities. So it was you know brand new ground for for anyone and john hughes was the one first one to really like think out of the box
0: and anytime i get chatted on for like wearing the same shirt two days in a row i'm like i love this shirt i love this shirt michael king goes i love this shirt and it's the shirt he gets shot in when he's like having like a dream with like the girl because of course he ends up hanging out with the women and then it's all like sexual and stuff but um i love this shirt i love this shirt and like he's like watching soap operas, sorry, yeah, you you love soap operas too. So he's like watching these soap operas, and he's like having a... Everyone's had this. I had this earlier today, where like you sleep and you have something on TV or on your phone, and you listen, and it influences your dream. And it's just like wow, it's so relatable. And it's 1983, 84, like crazy how uh, earlier it was. Um, but when my with the um. Mr. Mom, I used to get that confused with uh, Gung Ho, which was like very similar. And I would always like like watch these movies together, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, whatever, whatever." But Mr. Mom, yeah, I don't not ahead of his time, but just like taking it. I don't know, like what the word is, because like I know, like you know, the whole thing with like boom the boomer thing in the eighties. Is this something I grew up on, or like, it was like, oh, this is weird. Like, oh, he's home. The man is home. um, And that was different to me. Uh, even in the 90s, it was, like, a different thing. And I was like, all right, well, this is so weird. Now it's not, though. Like, well, now, like, you watch Mr. Mom, and people are like, what? You know, you know what I mean? So, you, like, in the, you know, growing up, it was kind of like the, um, kind of like that. Yeah. So, but it, uh, this, is, this is a movie that I, I guarantee you anyone listening right now you had no idea that he was involved with this it was just so much like it's like who, who can i compare this to like music wise just like so much just throwing out all the stuff hey you want to make a movie out of this go for it this go for it i'm surprised he didn't work for snl you know i'm shocked because uh, a lot of his buddies were uh were snl but uh we had a
1: lot of great movies
0: come from it though.
1: Well, yeah. Well, speaking of SNL, um, mm-hmm. one of the movies he did that, you know, not to confuse with another John Candy movie, Summer Rental, he did Great Out of Doors, which was the <sighs> story oh. about brother-in-laws <laughs> taking their families to like uh, you know, summer rental out in the wilderness, you know, out out on a lake somewhere, and Dan Aykroyd was the one brother-in-law where he's like wealthy and affluent and stuff like that so he's you know and and then john candy he's like the regular blue collar everyman so they keep you know basically having like this pissing contest and their families are like caught in the middle it's a funny funny movie man like we're gonna get to it in a little bit but john candy like was such an American treasure and such a treasure to Canadian to, to um John Hughes and another movie he did like I'm not too too familiar with but I just remember one time I, I, I like you know flipping through channels way back when this is before like TV you know the you have like the, the guide you know you change the channel you can see what you're watching I like I just saw like this girl in like a tank top a black hair and, like, an empty-ass target, like, on one of those horses, like, those coin-operated horses. Like, riding it, and I was like... No! (laughs) And I was like, like, oh, my God. Like, this lady is gorgeous. You know, come to find out later on, it was Jennifer Connelly in Career Opportunities with, you know, the guy who, um... Well, he was in Pulp Fiction. He was in the, um... hoffa movie. He was in, um... Field of Dreams, where he played,
0: uh, he played Moonlight's. Yeah, he played Moonlight Graham as a young man. So and uh, also Little Monsters, uh, Little Monster. He played uh the villain in Little Monsters, and that movie is uh very high on my uh, nostalgia list.
1: Yeah, he was in um a lot of stuff. I think he was in um one of the Marvel shows recently, but I think Career Opportunities was the only. Um, movie he got to like star in, and for that reason, I don't know his name off the top of my head. But you know what I'm talking about. You know, a couple other movies I didn't really know. Like he he had his hand in in the writing part of it. Um, Dennis the Menace, which all of us remember yeah. when we were we were kids. They made a live action version of Dennis the Menace. Had a lot of um, you know, actors we're familiar with, Walter Matthau. Um. Christopher Lloyd. Always I'll yeah. be fond of our movie when I was like, you know, in in
0: kindergarten and first grade. I would say comfort food, comfort movies. Same thing. Like I've been saying the whole time where like your father called you you want ice cream parlor, <laughs> you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that makes you feel good. Cause I had like a because v- we had we didn't have cable, so we would tape the free weekends, and I would have like Super Mario Brothers. I would have Dennis the Menace. I would have all these movies on DHS I would watch for like two years. So, um... It's it's comfort food.
1: Yeah, like I I have no idea if that kid, you know, the kid that played Dennis... uh, Dennis the Menace, I don't know if he acted in anything else, but for some reason his voice saying Mr. Wilson will always be stuck in my head. Um, the Miracle on 34th Street with um. Oh my
0: goodness! I forgot about that. Uh,
1: what's her name? Marnie. Wilson. Yeah, Matilda. Meryl Wilson. Um, you know from Matilda and Miss Doubtfire. Um, he wrote the remake. Um, uh, then one movie I didn't I didn't even know. Uh, Made in Manhattan. Uh, wow. Yeah, to- yeah, with Jennifer Lopez, Ralph Fiennes. Probably 2000.
0: Like that was like 2002.
1: When 2002
0: man. yeah, and he then kept after I was Joe Bitt Taylor. But he kept working though. I mean, he just like, man, he was so invested. Like, there's like videos if you guys want to check out, um, him just like in the studio watching footage of Breakfast Club while he was with the band doing the music. You know the. Uh, Simple Minds. He was like really into it and stuff. He might he he must have got burnt out. We all got burnt out. Um, I think he just got burnt out. I, I, that's that's the only thing you know. I don't know. Uh, this is what I read. Um oh. well,
1: as I've stated several times in this, you know, he stopped doing teen movies. Uh, what was said and said by a lot of the people he worked with and the cast members on those movies he was very very like close to them he was kind of like an older brother but um he was an older brother to like the teens you know the molly ring the emilio estevez the anthony michael hall ali shady you know he, he was really tight with them and he was kind of like an older brother with them but you know what kind of Happens is you know the older you get, the less you want to hang out with like the weird old guy. So that, that played a part in it. And then he originally wanted Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall to star in Ferris Bueller, to which they turned down because they wanted to start doing more. Um, they were tired of doing teen movies, and that caused like an irreparable. Um and to their friendship and relationship, and that's why he started moving into more adult theme, you know, adult um targeted
0: movies. That's, that's interesting because you know that, that that's really interesting because I I I think I noticed that with a lot of uh you know writers and just filmmakers where when they become a family man. They adapt to it, and then, then they want to make movies for their kids and stuff. So um, that make that, that kind of makes sense. Where it's like, you know, you start off with National Lampoon's Harvard, fucking you know, frat boy shit, uh, you know, elite, all that stuff, and then you you're, you're a party boy with uh, Belushi, SNL, hanging out with them, and then you, you know, you start a family. You want, to, you want your kids to watch a movie that you can show them. Mm-hmm. And that happened like very quickly. Because eighty early, like 83, I think uh, Nash Lampoon's uh, Vacation is 83. But then 89, Nash Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is my favorite movie of all time that's comedy. I swear, that's my favorite movie of all time. I'm, I'm, I'm declaring it right now. That is such a great movie. Um, I can watch it from any point and stuff not not drama but i'm just saying like a like a, like a comedy um but it was still nostalgic enough for them to talk about the 50s and 60s and stuff but i i get nostalgic about watching the movie like now it's part of like my whole uh tradition of watching christmas movies you know because we're in the middle of halloween and stuff and i'm not really in the mood for halloween stuff but uh Christmas is great, you know, it's like these movies come out and you just want to it's comfort
1: right. comfort okay. food and throughout all of these movies, as you've seen plenty of people have been used over and over and over again the only person he's ever worked with that he for sure was like, I'm never working with this guy again was Judd Nelson oh, at the breakfast Club.
0: I don't know, sorry I had no idea uh, all right.
1: which was due to his method acting. Um, you know, Jordan Nelson was meant to be like the bully in a movie, so he kind of like, you know, spent time terrorizing the other cast members so there would be a genuine um, apathy towards him and, and like, you know, he he would be antagonistic towards them. Mm. So he was really the only one that he didn't get along with, but one person he worked with repeatedly was john candy um it's so many capacities starring the movies uh you know he did comment he, he did cameos in in movies um obviously showing up at the end of vacation um i believe like i said i didn't see career opportunities but he was um the manager in a small cameo in our movie and you know if you really look at it like his uh the infrequency of his movies um, started to occur after 1994 when John Candy passed away. Uh, Vince Vaughn, who I didn't even know this, but he was actually really close with John Hughes while he was alive. He said if John Candy would have lived longer, John Hughes would
0: have did more movies. Hmm, that's interesting to hear. Uh, let's not forget the most famous cameo of John Candy was uh, *Home Alone* with the "I have to see my son," and then remember *Poca Poca Poca King*. You know, that whole yeah, that, he was you know, uncredited,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, uncredited. Yeah, but um, yeah, John Candy, man. And, and earlier on, we talked about uh, you brought up the difference between summer rental and um great outdoors oh my god i would see the movie when i was a kid i'd be like which one is it is it the beach one oh i hate the, I, I didn't like the beach one i wanted the one with dan dan aykroyd and stuff um that's another that's another classic movie too it's like it's very very um there's this other thing that we can talk about eventually about guys who grew up or people that grew up in the 50s they, they re- Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters is uh, Abbott and Costello. It's just a remake of, old, you know, it's, it's a business movie with Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. Um, the Blob, they, they remade The Thing, John Carpenter. The, these, these are the guys that grew up from things from the 40s and 50s and 60s and stuff, like my father and stuff. John Hughes is one of them. And we have a whole thing that's going on right now with the um, uh, Quentin Tarantino. It's the same exact thing that Quentin Tarantino did in the 90s. He just turned it up to 11. It's just inspired by things that already happened. Um, and he just like mixes it to uh, things he loved watching growing up. John Hughes grew up watching all the comedy teams and stuff and he just like mix it into his um like weird science is frankenstein obviously you know it's like hey you, you want to have a what would you do if you were 15 and you had like a machine that can make a you know person or a woman or whatever you want to say um but yeah but quentin tarantino is the same exact thing where it's like it's what he grew up on he pioneered
1: and- 3d printing i just realized that
0: yeah there you go there you go that's great um but oh man it's just like you hit on a note and it's just like people like are attracted to it and stuff and it it only took later on for me to realize that he was responsible for many of the titles and stuff and um that's why we are. we that's why we appreciate him because i didn't know until later on that like right now, I want this. Like I'm
1: like John Hughes. Oh shit!
0: Like he he's on everything. Like it's like bizarre that like um there's like so many DVDs I have over here where I'm like John Hughes. Wow, good for him. You know. So uh, that's why that, that that's why we're appreciating this. That's why we're doing like a freaking uh marathon on this. But um it's important because it's it's it inspired me for um. You know, the reason why I started writing I um like Breakfast Club I know by heart. I like, can I can do the whole thing, and it's like I think it's perfect. You know, I think I think that's a perfect movie. Uh Breakfast Club is, is perfect. Would you agree? Like that that just seems like a a play. Like you can do it on a stage. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, contrary to today's standards, cause obviously yeah. there's stuff in there that, that didn't hold up, didn't, hasn't held up. But, you know, for the time up until now, it's, it's still pretty good. Watched it the other day. So, you know, the overall um lessons in it still hold weight. And then I, I didn't even realize it till, like, when I was doing my notes. Like, I didn't realize, like, don't you forget about me. I always thought it was just, like, implanted in the movie. I was, like, high school, like, oh, like, you're going to graduate. And move on and stuff like that but literally the reason for it was going back to the the scene where anthony michael hall's character says you know what happens after today like do we mm. you know before this like we never interacted with each other now we realize like we're more alike than different what happens you know today saturday what happens on monday like do you guys just like will you just walk past me in the hallway and I just, i never realized, like that's you know, um, that was the 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 meaning of, or at least the application of the song in a movie.
0: Yeah, it's it's—I don't want to say dark, but it's like it's real. Like I felt that, I've had moments with people, like even when I, when I was a kid, and I would not talk to them ever again. And it, I would have like, you know, we would have like summer camp, like in the same school, and then. I wouldn't talk to them ever again. They were just, we just hang, hang out one time. And um, it was very real because, um, uh, well, both of us, but like we're both from the thing where it was like the transition to, from old school to, you know, like social media and all that stuff like that. And it's just weird that you like, you don't talk to someone again. I'm like, that's bizarre. Like, I don't know. It, it felt weird. Uh, and i can still relate to it um even though the movie was from 85 i would watch the movie in like the mid-90s up until now you know it's like i really uh, I, I appreciate um like the per- personality stuff to it where it's that movie can't can't be made now obviously you know i mean i would say the closest thing to that would be the thing we have a great discussion about um uh, what do you call the, the show on HBO we watched. Euphoria? Euphoria. It was like very close to like that um, where it's like people's you know, different, you know, because you had like, I always make jokes about how it's like you have the bully, you have the brain, you have the thing and all that stuff with that. But now it's like very more detailed and everything like that. And, you know, it's like way more complicated Um but I think, you know, just going back to Breakfast Club, it's like, it's, it's a great, like, it's, it's stage play. It's great stage play. He made it as a play, pretty much. And um, it's the same place where they filmed Home Alone, which is shocking. It's the same school. They, they filmed um, Home Alone in a school in somewhere in Illinois. And they made the whole house and everything, like the inside the house and stuff. Uh, but it's that's where they made breakfast club and that's kind of cool where he you know he he's very tarantino-ish if that if, that, if that's a word where it's um um uh, you know like you can tell it's his movie That's tour as they would say but you can, you can tell it's a john hughes thing from you know but let me just um before i, I throw it back to you dutch you mentioned where he gradually wanted, well, he started off with the National Lampoons, but like the, you know, that's pretty racy or whatever the word is. But um, Dutch, this movie called Dutch came out in 1990 with Ed O'Neill and uh, my good man from uh, Vegas vacation, ironically, even though he, he had nothing to do with it. Uh, this Humbley. movie, what's his name again? Ethan Embry. You know his name? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, from that. Ken yeah, hardly yeah. wait. Can hardly wait, yeah. So, this movie to me was like whoa this is like edgy it was like pg-13 only though but it was like whoa i used to watch this movie and it's a road movie which is john hughes loves road you know he did national puns you know the planes trains and all home alone is i uh you know sort of a sort of a road movie for the mother's perspective but dutch was like such like a Oh, this is like this is hardcore. Oh my god, I, I liked it. And I was like, oh man, this is great because I like that O'Neill. Um, last year, uh, we're gonna do it again, but um it's it's a Thanksgiving movie. It's a step, uh, not step uh, boyfriends of the mom picking up, picking up the guy, and he's like, a, you know, he's like a prickish kid, and he just wants to, you know, be like, you know, you know, it, it, it's very very where he came from because he came from like the Harvard and before that was like, you know, um, elitist schools and stuff like that. So he, you know, he imagined like, Oh, this guy wants to like be my dad or whatever. Like, fuck you. Like the whole thing. And that, that that spoke to me because I've been in sim- similar situations. And, um, I just think, um, everyone should watch Dutch on Thanksgiving because it, it's, it's, um it's good i mean it's like you forget that like he could do very very kiddish stuff and then very very deep stuff like breakfast club where it's like you know like the 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 scene in breakfast club with your piece of shit you know he's like you know the principle beating up the fucking kid you can't do that now (laughs) that's crazy you know but um, I don't know. He did everything. He had the whole spectrum. Yeah. Okay, guys. We talked about uh, Dark Side of the Ring uh, plenty of times um, on our show. Uh, I actually watched one recently um, that caught my eye. Uh, it's someone who never really got enough love. And I, um, I would always watch like weird stuff from the '80s, uh, Continental Wrestling from Alabama, uh, Florida Championship Wrestling with um, uh, Sullivan, you know, woman. We all know uh, Nancy, Nancy Benoit, but she was a woman. And so Dark Side of the Ring on Vice did an episode on uh, Luna Vachon. I had no idea that she was like, uh, she was adopted. You know, so like, that's one thing that in, in, in interests me. But I always said, hey, she was the first woman in a video game. Uh, I always like hype her up. I always loved her and stuff like that. And um, I watched it today. sure uh, you watched it, right? Mm-hmm. What did you think about it? Yeah, I mean,
1: like, Luna, she... I, I think when I got into wrestling, she was kind of, like, in there for not too much longer. Um, what I'm talking about WWE, um, I, I think she used to run with like the oddities of wrestling, which was like a right. short-lived stable. And you know, she had a very like unique look to her. Um, and I think in a world with immediately following that, like all of the women in professional wrestling, all kind of like were, um you know fake breasts slim um hardly any like in-ring talent and stuff like that she you know now in retrospect seeing all the various women who are just killing it on AEW, wwe everywhere and women of all shapes and sizes all different looks um all different sexual orientations like she again like China too, was she was one of the people that kind of like, um, broke the mold and kind of kicked down the door for just like women just being able to wrestle and be, um, seen just for more than being like an object. Um obviously she was one of the people that was trained by Fabulous Moolah, and of course she mm. was one of the people I had a story about Fabulous Moolah. And I joked to myself, I'm like, I was thought fabulous Moolah was, you know, she was called Moolah because she made money, but she was called Moolah because she was taking these women's these women's um money.
0: Yeah, she was a pimp, pretty much. Um, yeah, man, I mean when I was like eight, whatever, when I started like I saw Watcher Wrestling for a couple of years, you know, because I was like six or whatever. And then I watched like a couple of years later. I see Goldust being led on a leash by a woman. You know, I remember her from when I was like in '94. I remember her, but I'm like, this is like, I like it. This is like shocking because in the late '90s, man, no man, we all wanted extremeness. Like ECW was big too. Like this is weird. I liked it. Um. But also in in the last few years, I I went backwards and started watching 80s stuff. I realized that she's been around since like the mid eighties, and um, like her tag team partner, like wow, like I mean, six foot two, like uh, I have, i been, I posted a bunch of stuff on. He's gonna puke with about her, like Jesus, what what a what a character, like you know, huge mohawk, six foot two, man with you know with her, um going back to where um her you know origins where it's like um for like she's like she was adopted into a you know into a family like a wrestling family that's a lot of responsibility even if because you're you know adopted the whole backstory is like wacky to begin with and i you know i feel for it um but it's it. It was just a really good. Um, I think that was like one of the best uh, Dark Side of the Rings I've seen in a long time, um, because it's someone who would never get um, like a showcase the way they deserve, and uh, I think you know, I think she got it. Yeah. Um, I think I thought the Gangrel, David Heath. I love this dude, man. I want to hang out with him. Like, he's great. He was great. And he was, you know, and then his, uh, her son and stuff. Like, I um, I thought this was like a a great showcase that, you know, it was 10 years ago uh, when she passed away. I don't know, like, if they would do anything for her, but Sharon Mattel, they gave her uh, a lot of respect too. Um, it, it's really, it was a really tough, you know, It was tough to be, you know, back then, with especially as, like, a woman or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, shocking. But someone's, like, a um, really, like,
1: I mean, a relatively famous chef in his own, right? Like, he was on, like, Hell's Kitchen and, you know, Mm -hmm. Gordon Ramsay and stuff like that. So, like, when he was talking about, like, yeah, I was in culinary school. Like, he's just, he's, like, a legit chef. So, that's, that's great for him.
0: And like right.
1: I said, like Gangrel, um, I you know I love the brood, so I'm always fond of, of seeing
0: him. Yeah, it's just they 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 I obviously talked about it, but um, you know, undiagnosed or diagnosed like mental health, you mix it with drugs and stuff, bad things are gonna happen. Um, it's still. Mental Health Month, I think. I think, but we're doing a, There's this thing called uh, Tag Me In. Uh, check it out. Um, tag Me In. And it's about um, just you know, it's wrestling related, but also just like mental health. Um, we talk about this all the time, though. Um, but you know, sometimes people like self-medicate, and it's it leads to it leads to bad things. So um, it's better to be. You know, in, in like a, uh, it, you, know what I'm, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you don't want to be, um, you don't want to alienate yourself from other people and stuff and just be in your own zone. Um, check that out. Tag me in. And it's very good. It's mm-hmm. very, um, I think it's one of the b- uh, better ones that I've seen around, if that makes sense. Tag Me In is like a program or Tag Me In is a donation uh based with wrestling cuz uh, you know Tag Me In um but a lot of people that get involved in pro wrestling have uh like you know issues and stuff like that and instead of the back in the day like all my heroes had mental issues obviously you know they would do de- demons and stuff um now they're trying to get people early on kind of like how they do with the NFL uh, with like, you know, when you, when you get signed to the NFL, um, they set you up with like post career. So you don't like, you know, you don't like, um, you you work three years in the NFL and then you're done and you have nothing else to do in your life. Like it's, that's, that's crushing, you know, Mm -hmm. because you did it your whole life. So they are setting up a thing where it's kind of like, if you want to get involved with this, um just know that it's not like it's, you have a short amount of time to do this and then be prepared for the future and um because a lot of people they just go ahead and we saw this a couple you know last month we have nothing else to do you know it's it's you know it's a tragedy with a uh, you know daphne and everything kind of kind of came spawn from that uh but i'm very very um i'm gonna get more involved in this um i just appreciate you guys listening to uh what i'm saying about the mental thing but yeah check it out yeah. tag me in it, you can buy a shirt for like 20 bucks on uh pro wrestling tees yeah so if y'all listen um pro wrestling tees.com yeah
1: pwts okay yeah so check those out. And I guess like they have shirts for tag me and that give proceeds and it helps. Um award of the week. Ah. This week we got I'm giving award of the week to Rockstar Games for doing what they seemingly do best, which is releasing the same game over and over. <laughs> so it was um announced uh I think like a month or two ago that they were going mm-hmm. to um release remastered um versions of the what I like to call the PlayStation 2 trilogy of GTA games which started off with GTA 3 um Grand Theft Auto San um Grand Theft Auto Vice City and then Grand Theft Auto San Andreas um and GTA 3 kind of really broke the mold for a lot of the games that we have now because it eventually led to GTA 4, led to um, Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2, um, other games that they eventually made. It really, if you've seen what Grand Theft Auto, the original, and Grand Theft Auto 2 look like, and then saw like Grand Theft Auto 3, it's like a world of difference and it really took um rockstar games and take two interactive to a whole nother level uh it was interesting because i was hoping like you know it would be um these playstation 2 games but now remade and it would kind of look like you know red dead redemption um at grand theft auto 5 but essentially, all they really did was, like, brighten up a couple of screens and um, kind of, like, buffed out some things. So, what I initially said was they took a PlayStation 2 game and re- they they made it, they took a PlayStation 2 game, made it look like a PlayStation 3 game that now you can play <sighs> on PlayStation 5. So, um, and, and of course, you know, like, Grand Theft Auto Five, it came off of PlayStation 3. And then PlayStation 4 came out. And guess what? They made it for PlayStation 4. So then people were hoping PlayStation 5 comes out, we're finally going to get Grand Theft Auto 6. And it's like, no, you have another Grand Theft Auto 5. So hopefully at some point, Grand Theft Auto 6 will be out in the future. You know, what I would really, really love is Red Dead Redemption. I prefer that over Grand Theft Auto at this point. If they could, like, if they could remake Red Dead Redemption 2 and Red Dead Red Dead Redemption for PlayStation 5 you know once I got a PlayStation 5 I would be more than willing to play both games over again because they're really phenomenal um games great storytelling um a lot of things like you never really thought you could do in like a game they they really made it uh, like the world building it feels like you actually out in the old west um in those games but obviously that ground started off in grand theft auto 3 but i just found it funny when they finally you know i was excited because i was like oh i could play vice city again like i enjoyed um playing vice city and playing san andreas i never really played grand theft auto 3 but san andreas and vice city I, I played a ton and i was like oh i could get to drive around san andreas and vice city again and what I really, really hope is that, like, the cheat codes, you know, when you used to have to print them out or write them oh, down notebook. Yeah, IGN. 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 I was really hoping, like, I'm, I'm really hoping that those come back, too, because I was talking on Twitter. I was like, man, I used to use, that money code in San Andreas so much. I was, like, a billionaire because I got bored because, I, I like, after a while, I couldn't beat the game because I was, like, 15, and I didn't, like, a lot of the things they were asking you to do. I knew nothing about and damn be me if I like open Google to find out what like this and that was. So what I used to do is just drive around. So I used the money code like over and over and over again. And then they had like an off the track betting. So I would just go there and like bet like a ridiculous amount on horses and stuff like that and make my money grow even more. So I was joking all the day that man, like as many times as I use that code, I could have probably bought the, um los santos saints which was like the sports team that they had in san andreas but they really i i I was excited that they were bringing out this game so now that's going to be on playstation now it's going to be 60 bucks um and i was hoping like it would be new fresh models and it would look like a place you know it'd be looking like playstation 5 but it's just like yeah, the, the the screen's a little bit brighter now. And the, the car the cars look nice. I, I will give it that.
0: It's kind of like um when I have it right now, the Liberty Stories from the PSP and they did it on like PS3 or whatever, PS2. Um I actually have I don't know where it is now though, but I had a VHS. I used to like go on like rampages mm-hmm. uh with the money and all that stuff and like all the codes and stuff, and I would put it on this is how old it is. It was Vice City, though, but, but it was uh, VHS. And I get to my buddy and be like, "Hey, check this out." I, just, I went to a random place and, and I, I gave him the video because uh, I would film it. I would because I had the the VCRs and the DVD thing and everything. Um, but I remember the first time I saw Grand Theft Auto Three uh, in the like, probably Game Pro or one of those magazines, and I'm like, "Whoa! Like this was insane." This that move that that game really is predecessor to every other thing that came out after that because you you, you mentioned Grand, Grand Theft Auto One where it was like overhead like a PC game it was kind of like a PC game where you're just like you know you move the like it looked like Nintendo where you're like killing people and like cursing and stuff um killing Elvises. The fake Elvises, oh, that was famous. It was a cult in the game. Um, I, you know, I, I, I love the game, the original, but Part Three came out, and I was like, holy moly! It was, it was a big deal. It was a real big deal. I was like in like sixth grade, seventh grade. Man, it was like a big deal. Yeah, and
1: um, I, couldn't, I couldn't even go out and get them myself. Like San Andreas and Vice City, actually got like second secondhand. I got like somebody else's, like somebody older they played the game and then they would give me it when they were done with it oh i never got to buy it The only one I, the first one i got to buy was grand theft auto 4 for xbox i remember i bought that with my own money because it was back when i had my my first job way back mm-hmm. when
0: yeah but now that like when you would try to buy a game and you were like 15 or 16 and there was like cast your id you're like what <laughs> <laughs> excuse me like no oh, okay I can't play a game about, I'm a, I'm a uh, you know, uh, I'm a knight with, like, a huge, huge sword and huge dung, and I want to fucking kill things. Oh, no, you, you need an ID for it. All right, fine, fine. Um, yeah, but that's great, though. That um, it, it is, I wish it would have been, like, um, I was, thinking, I actually was thinking about this. Uh, I wish they actually uh, remastered, like, fully, like, the the original games um for the granite photo but um they they gotta keep busy and you gotta remember though they had those the the two brothers like the guys who ran the thing that like they were like they were like rock stars that's why they called it rock star it's crazy they were really that that huge uh i don't know who's in charge of it now but um red dead i agree with you um totally agree with you with red dead that was like a great experience um where I am right now was you keep like you kept like like, ugh, like laughing because I didn't finish the game and I'm like building like a fence like like I'm building a fence in a game <laughs> like I was like how is that like a game but um it's fun though it's like it's engrossing um but yeah I, that's good though they, they should have done a lot better with uh no up but them. It's great yeah. I totally agree with
1: you yeah so award of the week Rockstar, star of after unofficially unofficially doing um just re-releasing the same games, they officially they they actually officially are re-releasing the same game over and over. So that's award of the week. Mike, final thoughts.
0: Final thought. I am so glad to be back. Um thank you for holding the four down, Shug. You're the best. Um I noticed that a lot of people, I've, I've been promoting the show. A lot of people have been talking about it. Um, I'm glad I'm back. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. I like to ramble. Um, we, we talked about John Hughes. Uh, it was inspired. We we're Cause we went to Chicago last month or two months ago. Check that out by the way, it's coming up, coming up uh, today. Um, our trip to Chicago, John Hughes, he um, centered everything around Chicago, which is a very, uh, a torrid thing where like, oh, it always takes place in Chicago, pretty much like for everything, um, or g- going to Chicago. And um, I just have a, a connection to it because uh, in 2009, he passed away, he had a heart attack in Central Park. And I was in Central Park when it happened. And it was like the first time I had a Twitter and it was like a month into like Twitter was like, you know, whatever, you know, it was the thing. And I just said, like, on my phone, it said like, you know, like John Hughes passes away at 59 or whatever. And I was like, ah, shit, man. I was like a big fan. And um, like one of my inspirations for like everything I do, I try to put my name on it. You know, put your name on it, as they say, right? Show me the Mooney. It's my name. Um I think he did a great job for a, a solid decade of doing great, great work. Um, and it's something that inspired me as a kid. Um yeah, but going back to also with Luna Vachon I always she had another one, another person who um I I always had an affinity for as a kid. I like someone who was different. And then when I got older, I saw the back, the old history about her. Um, And it's just like, then in uh, in the last couple of days, I found out about her personal other history. I think a very strong woman, strong person. Um, And it was like 10 years later, she would have been, I don't know who's, I don't know. But 10 years later, um, it would have been more focus on mental health and just her being because she she seemed fine i remember like in the late 2010s or um you know like 10 years ago and then like drugs take over uh you know you self-medicate and stuff and that goes very south very quickly um uh, besides that with the uh, i'm moving for the braves chug who are you rooting for it to be over
1: Um, yeah, that's all I could root for it it to be over, yeah. Turn the page next year. Um, they have the CBA coming up, so who knows if baseball will even be starting on time next year. But yeah, well, who knows? As you said, Knicks Knicks are doing very well and they look amazing on the court, so hopefully that, that keeps up. Um, John Hughes, as I said, such a fantastic um film writer film director like when we're done here i'm like hoping like one of his movies you know is, is on as i was always telling mike like a couple of weeks ago they 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 on ifc they
0: always have like little marathons so uncle buck oh oh yeah i didn't give praise to uncle buck i'm sorry uncle buck i love uncle buck sorry I, I forgot to bring that up that's one of the best movies ever man sorry yeah. about that so i watched you know um Breakfast
1: Club fairly recently. I watched um, Sixteen Candles like several times last week. Oh, uh, it's always like a fun movie to watch. Um, yeah, and it was just ironic because we were supposed to do this. Like I think even before we went to Chicago. Oh, yes. So yes. just interesting that uh, it 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 kept you know the it has moved. That's how. Ubiquitous as movies are, uh, they just keep popping up, and and you you can't miss them. Um, well, I was just really sad to read that, and I that was just in his like Wikipedia page that Vince Vaughn said, you know, if he had been alive longer, um, if John Candy had been al- alive longer they would have eventually, they would have worked together and there would have been far more John Hughes films in the 90s and 2000s. And of course, John Hughes himself was taken from us um, very early in his life back in 2009. So he didn't get to um, possibly make a comeback into making movies if he was feeling that way. But like Mike said, he kind of became reclusive. Um, I do remember around the time. I think it was the year of his death because he died. I think around the time of the MTV Movie Awards, and they were able to get um Ali Sheedy and Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall together and do a nice little tribute. Oh, I don't think I, I think Michael Hall was in. It. I think Emilio Estevez. I can't remember who it was, but you could look it up on YouTube. and It was very nice. They they gave him like the you know lifetime achievement, but obviously posthumously um so he was great um dark side of the ring they're getting ready to wrap up um luna that was last week and yeah i was very interested in it i, I think only one episode i skipped because i didn't really care for it i think it was like the japanese like death match episode i didn't know about it i do not really care about it might watch it at some point point might not you know who knows might need space on my dvr But Luna, I really was interested in because I know she came from a wrestling family and it was just, you know, really sad to see that perhaps she might have had undiagnosed um, mental illness and she wasn't able to get the help that she needed and went on and tried to get the help that she could get, which was drugs and David Heath, Gangrel, you know, I admit as much as, you know, listen, like us being together, it would. Lead us to doing bad things, so it's better off, um, for him and her to like separate. And he admitted that and at least was honest with her and honest with himself. And I, I, I didn't know much about Gangra as a person, but that spoke volumes. And you know, shout out to his son, like, hopefully, I, I you know, if he's um, a chef at some restaurant I ever get to go, I'm, I'm assuming he's really good at what he does for working with, um, you know, being on TV with it. You know, with Gordon Ramsay and those different things. Um, as usual, always check up on our YouTube channel, uh, on our Instagram. We're posting all our different uh, um, reels and and videos. And check us out. You can follow both of us, Mike, Mike. You know, um, his personal account. I don't know if you want me to say it but he's gonna puke for sure you could follow that one on me you could follow me on my personal you know Shuggy MFNB on Instagram and Shuggy 2 Necklace Michael Mooney Michael Mooney NY put my name on it there you go and um, Me the Mooney at Me the Mooney on both Twitter and Instagram if you you, want to chat with us hit us up you know
0: uh, what's what's going on with the new um the audio platform that we started doing the last couple weeks any updates uh, on that
1: not really it's called but verbal it, It's they reached out yeah. and they they picked up on our podcast so if you have verbal you can find us on there i'm not too familiar with it but it's yet another platform like let's say you don't have you know google Podcasts or apple Podcasts, and you're on some other kind of thing and you want to be able to listen to us you could go there if you don't want to listen on spotify or soundcloud verbal has all of our episodes um all up to date you can check, check that out um as well as all the stuff that's on there i saw some other things they always send me notifications of other podcasts but oh, thank you shug can-
0: I want to say thank you, Shug, for holding down the fort for the last couple of weeks. Thank you so much. A lot of things going on, but Shug in the Mooney, uh, great outlet. I, I'm I'm glad I, I got a lot of great feedback from a lot of uh, different people on social media doing the same thing. Um, I've always tried to do like different projects and stuff, and I was always like my, by myself, where I would have someone and they would just like flake out. I'm glad that we're um, we're doing it. We're rocking and rolling. So, uh, thank you again. Yeah. And, you know, as usual, Once Upon a
1: Time in Hollywood, we're up to part three. Part four will be out on Friday. Um, oh, as always, Sugar Reviews, The Brews, me doing beer reviews, those always come up. On Thursday, as soon as it hit mid- midnight, you could go on YouTube. Or if you got, they got like alerts you could do on YouTube. So, when something drops on our channel, it hits so as soon as the clock strikes midnight on the East Coast. If you're listening on the East Coast, you'd see I'm uh, sure reviews the brews, and you know, four more stuff um will be coming out uh, as you know as accordingly. But the one thing I do want to remind everybody to do, if you've not already, please go out and get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, now they got boosters if you want. I mean, if you want, you should. Go out and get a booster. It's, it's recommended. It makes it even more effective against coronavirus, um, COVID, whatever you want to call it. Either way, it's been a big threat on the world. And, you know, we're still in the midst of a pandemic, and the more we could go out and get vaccinated, the more things will start to be as close to normal as they used to be before this. And this... Has been episode 73 of
0: Shug Me the Mooney, Shug Me the Mooney, Shug Me the Mooney.